Good morning and praise the Lord. Welcome to our online Bible study. We're in the book of Romans chapter 8. It's a beautiful Monday morning here in Queen City, Texas, about 20 miles south of Texarkana, Texas. If you're anywhere in our vicinity in this region of the great Oklahoma, Texas, we invite you to meet with us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here at Crossway Church, Wednesday nights at 6.40 p.m. <clears throat> we have a nursery children's church. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're a spirit-filled church, and when I say that, I do not mean that we just have some terminology that we're spirit-filled. We've been baptized with the Holy Spirit with the initial physical evidence of speaking in other tongues as the book of Acts declares. We're full of the Holy Ghost preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every word in, in the Bible is pointing to Christ. It's The scriptures are concerning Christ. They have to be. He's the living word and he is <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is only going to apply the truth of God's word to our hearts because Jesus is the truth of all of God's word. He's our Genesis, our revelation. He is everything in between, amen. And we're just blessed to be learning that. We're blessed to have the hearing of faith in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. The Bible there says that the hearing of faith, that means hearing the message of the cross, is what brought the Holy Spirit and what even allows miracles to take place in our churches. That's right. The hearing of faith that came through the preaching of the cross is what your Bible says. So I'm thankful to know that today after many years of being a Christian and really wasting many years not knowing how to live for God in the victory afforded me at Calvary. You know, it's amazing that uh, Christians can live their entire 70, 80 years of living as a Christian and never know how to live in victory. Oh, well, they might say they do, but <clears throat> it's obvious that they don't because the victory is not there. There's a bondage, some sin there that has dominion over them. <clears throat> may not be the things that used to hold them and attempt to destroy them when they were lost, but now it's other things, envy, strife, jealousy, malice, uh, things in the heart that have, a bond, have put us in bondage. And until we come into the knowledge of daily living in victory through simple faith in that one thing that saved us, faith in the cross, then we will have forfeited a life of victory. We could have lived a, a brighter light. We could have been a, a tastier salt. We could have been, and, and, and the, really the true Christian uh, is not going to settle for the status quo. Uh, the true Christian, I believe, is going to hear the truth and come running back to the truth. It's like when Moses came down off the mountain and the people of God had built a golden calf. I want to tell you, that was just 50 days after he brought them miraculously out of Egypt, of course, by faith applied to the doorpost. But they built a golden calf. When Moses came down off the mountain, he said, who is on the Lord's side? Who's on the Lord's side? Well, the Levites came out. Now, I want to tell you something, folks. Everybody didn't come out. Just the Levites came out. Of all of Israel, just the Levites came out. Everybody else was sticking with the golden calf until the Lord had them grind it down and drink the bitterness of what they had built. <clears throat> and that's really 
where the rubber meets the highway in true Christianity. If your faith is in something you're doing, you're going to have to all your life drink the bitterness of your faith being in something other than Christ and his shed blood for you at Calvary. See, that sacrifice of Christ wasn't just to get you initially saved and a place in heaven one day. That sacrifice of Christ, if you will learn the word of God as it is written as truth and in righteousness, was provided for you that daily... You could deny yourself, take up your cross. That means keep your faith in what Jesus did for you there on the cross and live in victory by following Christ. Hallelujah. And I'm glad to know that today. I don't want to spend one more day of my Christian experience without this knowledge. Without the proper knowledge, we cannot make proper discernment. And the, and, and the proper knowledge is the truth, not just God's word. God's word is truth, but is that how I'm hearing it? Jesus taught, be careful how you hear and what you hear. If you're not hearing truth, that's a terrible thing. The truth of God's word. But if you are hearing the truth of God's word and you're not, but, but, but you're not, how you hear it is also important. Are you hearing it? with a heart that's receptive to it, a heart that's willing to be changed by it. So, praise God for that. As I've said, this is Romans chapter 8. We are going to finish, I hope, maybe, uh, this chapter today. We're going to go uh, through the rest of this chapter, just a few short verses, really, <clears throat> verses 36 through 39. But we're going to start with verse 35, and this is part 39 of Romans chapter 8. Just Romans 8 has 39 segments to it, sessions to it, half-hour segments. I, I encourage you to go, please go back and start on day 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. And, and you can find these on the website, The Crossway Church, under Pastor Curtis Teaching. Or, or, or you can find these on the YouTube channel under the playlist of, of the Romans teaching. And I encourage you to go and to listen to the Word of God taught as truth in righteousness. And there, if you have a hungry heart, a willing heart, a broken heart, just to live for God so that God could find you worthy in your condition, in your experience, not your position, two different things. And you'll find that God is looking to find us worthy of our calling here and now. And you, you can read about that in Philippians 1. I've been preaching on that the last three services. So this morning, Romans chapter 8, God give us what we need. Lord, provide that bread today that we need. I pray for the illumination of your word today, Father God, in the name of your son Jesus, to shine in our hearts to awaken us to righteousness, to feed us with the words of life that can only come from you. I pray that for me. I pray that for every person listening in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? Absolutely not. Or distress? No way. Or persecution? Can't do it. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. Sword? Nothing that comes from the outside. 
No influence on the outside can come <coughs> and separate me or you from the love of Christ. But you can separate yourself from the love of Christ. Now see, this is where the church has never been taught. This is what the church has never heard. I'm talking about most 99% of the church has never heard what I'm about to tell you. We've just been stuck with the scriptures we like that makes us feel good and praise God for those, but there are more that we've not been taught that's in the Bible. We just take <coughs> excuse me, little pieces here and there and run with it. And the Bible says he'll never, God will never leave me, he'll never forsake me. But the Bible says also in Galatians 1 and 6 that I can remove myself from him. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 2 to the church of Ephesus that I can fall from my first love. And let me tell you what your first love is. Make it very biblical, very simple. First love is the love that rejoiced in the truth when you were saved. God shed his love abroad in your heart, Romans chapter 5, verse 5, when you were born again. When you believed in your heart, who I'm not talking about the thing pumping blood in your body. When you believed in your heart, the heart of who you are, that God did love you. God loved you, you believed it, enough to give his only begotten son to taste death for you by the grace of God because he loved you. You believed it. He moved in. He who is love moved in, shed his love abroad in your heart. That love, my friend, right there is the love that rejoices in the truth. That love is the love we are to walk in and carry forth every day. The church in Ephesus, though Jesus showed up through the apostle John to write them a letter and tell them, you're doing this, that's good, you're doing this, that's good, but I've got somewhat against you. And if you don't return to where you've fallen, repent and return from where you've fallen, that being the place of your first love, I'm going to remove your light from you. That means I'm going to remove the light of your witness. And I want to say something to you today. I, I struck me a very, very interesting statement I heard recently. That if the Lord were to remove the Holy Spirit from all of the earth right now, the biggest, most of the church would keep going the same way they're going because most of what's being done is without the Holy Spirit. And how can you say that, preacher? Because the Holy Spirit works exclusively. I know most have never heard this, but it's biblical. And if you've been following along in this teaching, you will have heard it from the Bible in this very chapter, Romans chapter 8. The Holy Spirit works exclusively within the perimeters of one's faith in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. That means in his death for you at Calvary. You need not ever forget that. And when we, when we begin to trust in what we're doing, even though it's good, biblically sound, we should be doing this. 
But if we're no longer walking in the place of our first love, that love that rejoices in the truth, Jesus and what he did at Calvary, the Lord has promised. His promises, whether it's the head side of the coin or the tail side of the coin, is still a promise. The positive promises that we long for or the negative things that we don't want to happen, both are promises. If you accept Christ as Savior, the promise is eternal and abundant life. If you don't, the promise, still a promise, is everlasting death, perishing, torment forever. Think about that. But see, love, 1 Corinthians 13 and 6, rejoices in the truth. And the only way that love is going to be found rejoicing in the truth is through the measure of faith you and I were given when we were born again. The Bible says that Jesus, by grace through faith, tasted death for you and me. We, G, Hebrews 2 and 9, I quote it all the time. Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God. Jesus lived by grace through faith. And Paul in Galatians 2 and 20 says that we live right now by the faith. It doesn't say by faith in, and it doesn't mean by faith in. It means we live by the faith of Jesus Christ. That means we live by what he did by faith. The moment we believe that righteous work by the righteous one with our hearts, <coughs> we believed under righteousness in that moment we were given the measure of his faith. Romans 12, 3. We were given the measure of his faith because it's his faith we live by. We were given the measure. That, and that faith, this is powerful, that faith works by love alone. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Faith works by love, not by what we do, not by circumcision or non-circumcision, not by what we do. Faith works by love. That love that continues to rejoice in the truth of Christ and Him crucified, that is biblical faith. Read Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I've given it to you previously in this broadcast today. Go read that. If it's not faith in the cross, my friends, it's not recognized by God as faith. The cross of Christ is the only avenue every day, not just way back when you got saved. Today, the Bible says now faith is in Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is. Not, not, faith was, not faith will be. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that faith that now is, it's the faith of Jesus who loved us and gave himself for us. And we've been given the measure of that faith. We, we believed with our heart under righteousness. The result of that is called faith in Christ. Amen. And now we live today with that measure of faith we've been given by the faith of Christ. Come on now, this is just, this is good. This is exciting. So, 
if we cannot be moved from outer influence, I don't care what it is, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, none of those things can separate us from the love of Christ, but I am a free moral agent. Never believe all that Calvinistic mess. A.W. Pink has some good things to say about certain things, but they're, they're wrong when it comes to God chose some to be damned and some to be saved. I want you to hear this today. It's not God's will that any should perish. It's what the Bible says. And it also says in Psalms 33 verse 15 that God shaped, this is very important, you know this, God shaped all of our hearts alike. That means he didn't make you to be a murderer and you to be the other. He sh the Bible says, let me give it to you again. Psalms 33, verse 15. He's shaping all of our hearts alike. That means nobody has an excuse as to why they can't be saved. Anybody can be saved if they'll simply believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that he came to die for their guilt and shame and fear for their sins, my sins. Think about that. But the Bible is very clear that I can fall away from him. I can separate myself from him. Again, Galatians 1.6. You just don't hear these things talked. And you need to, because you need to live. The, the, the once saved, always saved, damnable, fleshly, carnal theory of man is a work of the flesh, Galatians 5. It's a, anything that's heresy is a work of the flesh. And that damnable heresy has caused so, so much problems in the church today, so much distortion and confusion concerning the Scriptures where we refuse to believe that we're free moral agents, not just to become saved, but to live saved. You, you don't even have to keep your faith. you got preachers who have big platforms, and because of their big platforms, we think they're right. No, the, the Bible says in Psalms 33, verse 4, the word of the Lord is right. Not Brother Curtis, not Pastor whoever. The word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. And I don't care how many uh, books they write or how big their platform is and how much they say that you can't lose what you've achieved. Uh, Peter, in 2 Peter 2 and 21, says it's better that you never knew, and that means to perceive and have the way of righteousness than to have known it, which means to perceive and have it, than to know it and walk away from it. That means damnation is going to be worse for those who were saved and then just threw it away. Now, I know preachers say you can't do that, but they don't know their Bibles, and they only have been taught by men, not the Holy Spirit, concerning certain things. And unfortunately, that's one of them. Because if you hang on to that damnable heresy of once saved, always saved, unconditional, unconditional, imagine that, then everybody's going to heaven. Unconditional eternal security, much of the Bible is not going to be understood by you. And I know you lose people when you share the truth, but you know what? Those are people who are not going to, they're not going to live in victory. They're, 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 they're not, they're confused. They're confused. And the Bible says wherever there's confusion, bad things are going to happen, paraphrasing. Now watch this. And you, you need to remember that. No outside influence can come and just remove the love of Christ from you, but you can remove yourself from the love of Christ. And I've given you scripture for that. Galatians 1 and 6. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. 
Revelation chapter 2, read about the church of Ephesus. You've fallen from your first love, the love that rejoices in the truth. you got, you got the Pentecostal church today focused on Pentecost. All oh, want to get back to their Pentecostal roots. All oh, want to get back to their Pentecostal. You better get back to Calvary so that Pentecost can work for you. Come on, because Pentecost is the power of the Holy Spirit who works exclusively when the within the perimeters of our faith in the cross. Just everywhere they go, it's Pentecost, Pentecost, Pentecost. That ain't what the Bible says. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. We need to be, all the church needs to be, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the power of God, endued with power, speaking in other tongues, seeing the gifts of the Spirit in operation, in the services everywhere. But listen, the power is in the gospel, simply the gospel. Powerful. So verse 36 says, as it, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. If you're willing to believe in Christ, if you'll choose to believe in Christ, I didn't say to go to church. I said to believe in Christ. I didn't say read your Bible. Praise God for all that, those good things. But I said to believe in Christ. To be able to follow Christ, you are required to deny yourself. Because ourselves, our flesh, will not follow Christ. We must deny self, take up our cross daily, which means to keep my faith in what he did for me at Calvary to be able to follow him. That's one of the most important things that, that a Christian will ever learn is that our cross is not a divorce, a, a diagnosis of cancer. A, those are hardships that come to the church or to anybody Though, but the cross that we're called to take up daily is our faith in the very cross of Christ. That's it. Your cross is not your hardships. Your cross is your faith in the cross of Christ. For it's the only way you can follow him. Jesus said it's the only way you can be his disciple. That's why there's so much ignorance in the church today. Because we left the cross years ago. And when we, listen, when we leave the cross, we've left the place of learning. Jesus taught in the book of Luke that you cannot be my disciple unless you take up your cross and follow me. Disciple means learner. Nobody's learning. We're just here and preaching. We leave and what we got out of it was, that was a good message today. And by lunch, we've forgotten even what we heard. Surely by next week. Listen, even if you remember what the message was about, did it point you to the cross? Did it point you to the cross? If it didn't, there's no power there for you except what you think you can do with the Word. But the Holy Spirit's the one who shines the light of truth in God's Word and will guide you in the truth of God's Word that you will believe. And that means how the Scriptures are tied to Jesus and what he did at Calvary. Outside of that, it's us doing what we want to do with the Word of God. And that's where most of the church is today. We're, we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. If you're willing to follow Christ, you'll have to deny yourself. The true biblical result, manifestation of one denying themselves 
is not sugar in their tea or sweets today. If you don't want to do that, don't do it. It ain't getting you nothing with God, though. The true manifestation, true biblical result, that, that biblical denial is real, is that your faith is gone from whatever has been hindering you from keeping it in the cross back to the cross. That's what I'm trusting in. Let me ask you something, saint. When you have a rough day, oh, when things get awful horrible, what do you run to? What do you hold to? What do you cling to? What is it you run to when things get very hard? Do you run to some old country song? Do you run to the refrigerator? Do you run to a cigarette? Do you what 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 is it that you run and cling to, hoping that this will go away? This that you will make it. You will go. That you will find the power, or the wisdom, or the knowledge, or what strength, whatever you need to make it. Through. What is it you run to and you grab a hold of? It better be the cross of Christ. Because without that being the object of our faith, and I'm talking about Christ Jesus and the provision he made in his death. I'm talking about faith in his death. Because everything that comes to our lives comes to our lives to make us conformable unto his death. Philippians 3.10 You and I in our life today, and we're not going to finish this chapter, it's obvious you guys are holding me up again. You you and I, in this life, have resurrection power. Just like Jesus had resurrection power and claimed to be the resurrection before he ever went and literally died and was buried and raised on the third day. You and I today have resurrection power because we're the children of God. But as Jesus walked on this earth, as you and I today are walking on this earth, we watch him. He lived focused on his mission and why he came, which was to take up his cross and to lay his life down. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And for the joy that is set before us, just like our master, leader, king, God Almighty, Savior, Jesus Christ, for the joy that is set before us, we endure the cross being made conformable unto his death as sheep headed to the slaughter every day, ridiculed, persecuted, criticized, just slam-blasted for just thinking about nothing but what Christ is to us through his cross, preaching nothing but the power of God, the message of the cross, just blasted all the time as sheep, dumb old sheep, headed to the slaughter. But the Bible says, Nay, in, in all these things, in tribulation, in distress, in persecution, in famine. In, they've stripped you down. You're naked. They got you hung up in the middle of town laughing at you just like they did Christ. Oh, this God you serve. Where is he now? This God you serve. Think about the children of Israel. Back when God sent, God sent them into captivity because of their sin into Babylon for 70 years. Think about that. Don't you know the Babylonians were saying, where's their God now? But if their God was real, he wouldn't be letting this, I, he wouldn't be letting this happen to them. All oh, the big, powerful name Israel and their God. Well, where is he? 
You mean to tell me the God of Israel is just letting us go in, destroy Israel, and take his slaves, march 800 miles across land to become our servant? Oh, man, forget, man, y'all better let that God Jehovah go. We got the gods that need, obviously, our gods are God. That's how it looked, isn't it? That's how the cross looked. Oh, some God, some power he had, whatever he had, it's gone now. But in that cross, ah, in that cross, hallelujah, ever devil and demon, Satan himself, had the power of death stripped away from him. Everybody who would ever believe in God would have to come through that way of shedding of blood of Christ Jesus on the cross. What looked like nothing was everything. What looked like the end was just the beginning. What looked like it was nothing but defeat of a man was a man defeating every principality and power and wickedness and evil and everything that could ever try to even be rebellious against God. Hallelujah, that's good news. And in all these things, we are more than conquerors because Jesus came and conquered for us over all these things. No matter what comes from the outside, what Christ did at Calvary that manifested, 1 John 4, 9 and 10, and imparted into our hearts and shed his love abroad in our hearts, and that love rejoices in the truth, hallelujah, of who Jesus is and what Jesus did. That love rejoices in the truth of Christ. And in all these things, it can't take away the love of Christ. I can keep rejoicing in the truth, hallelujah. I can keep rejoicing in the truth, glory to God. Because in all these things that come from without, I more than conquer through him, through him that loved us. Through him, through his love. What he did on the cross by love, that's where my faith is. And in that, in that alone, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I'm not more than a conqueror because I say I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror because my faith is in the one who conquered all sin and all destruction for me because he loved me. That's what I run to every day, whether it's a good day or a horrible day. That's what I run to. That's what I cling to so that I won't be removed from the love of Christ. I'm not going to fall from this place of my first love and lose the light of my witness. I don't want that. What I want is to be able to have a powerful testimony in the midst of anything to declare the truth that what Christ did at Calvary is enough for me to be able to see and experience that I am more than a conqueror through what he did because he loved me. Praise God, we're out of time. I've got to go. You can see I'm dressed. Got a work day coming up today. Going to be busy all day. Pray for us. We love you and we're praying for you. The miracles of God are right there found through the hearing of faith, which means you're hearing and believing and trusting in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's it. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you then.